there, I'm Dee Reddy and welcome to Inside Intercom. For Pride this year, Intercom has celebrated with the theme, Being Out While the World Is In. With this in mind, our Pride podcast this year took a very Irish idea and shared it with our global colleagues. That's the concept of being out-out. What is out-out, I hear you ask? Well, if you're going to the cinema, you might say that you're going out. But if you're going to a drag show and then meeting with friends after, well then, you're out-out. It's a distinction that every Irish parent will understand. Under this heading, we interviewed five of our LGBTI plus teammates to hear their reflections on being out while the world is in, the challenges that isolation can bring, memories of being out-out and their hopes for when dance floors reopen again. These conversations have all been released internally, but to celebrate Pride this week, we wanted to share just some of our highlights with you. We'll kick things off with Matt Copley, one of our outbound sales development representatives based in Chicago. In his episode, he shared the challenges he faced maintaining relationships during lockdown and how, by reaching out to old friends by telephone, he was able to have a major impact on both their well-being and his own. I think the biggest challenge I found about being out while the world is in would be almost it is in a sense like maintaining a sense of self and and so you know it's it's very easy to wake up every day roll over wear pajamas go right to your computer and just start working and you know it, it's I don't want to say that people forget about you but it's it's almost as if you're in your own little world that you're just you know doing your own thing you're in a very strict routine and, and you can't go anywhere you can't you know see people so I think for me, it's been keeping pieces of myself that I kept when we were out. So like, I, for example, I was really big into like working out. It's just an easy example. So finding time to, to put that into my day and finding ways to, to incorporate that as I did before was like really important to me. You know, we talk a lot about, I would read, listen to podcasts on my way to work. And so having that time now, do I want to sleep during that time that I would normally commute? Or do I want to wake up and listen to a podcast and treat it as if I was commuting? So having some sort of like resemblance to my normal schedule, I think was, was really crucial to me in maintaining that sense of, sense of self. So that way I didn't just, you know, turn into, you know, just a robot doing the same thing over and over again. So that, that was probably the biggest challenge for me, at least. And I'm still navigating it. I think the social, the social aspect in maintaining relationships has been very difficult. And, you know, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, I found who my true friends are or anything. But I think, you know, who, who has made an effort to, to continually reach out, who has made an effort to, you know, check in with people, it goes a long way. And so one of, one of my goals was at least, you know, last year, and I, I really implemented it during the quarantine was to try and reach out to somebody I hadn't spoken to in a, in a long time, like once, you know, every three, four days, once a week, something like that. 
And I quite literally would, would reach out to people out of the blue <laughs> and just be like, hey, haven't seen you since high school. You know, how are things going? And, you know, it was kind of fun to catch up with people. But yeah, I, I think having people, you know, check in on you is so important and, and returning the favor to, to maintaining those relationships. What was really great about it, and I noticed right off the bat, because my question was, was that awkward? Was that weird? Am I, am I a weird person for doing this? And the first person who I spoke with was like, no, you made my day. Like that was like the most fun, coolest, like surprise I'd ever gotten. They were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, how are you? And we ended up talking. I allotted like maybe 20 minutes to just kind of catch up or so. We talked for like an hour and it was, it was a blast. So I, I recommend everybody do that. I, I definitely think one thing that I learned or I want to keep doing with, you know, myself at least is the, is that calling, you know, just people I hadn't spoken to, high school friends, college friends, you know, uh, and just catch up. But I definitely learned that my community and my, my group of friends and my, you know, chosen family, we don't necessarily need to be in a physical place to show support, love, you know, we don't, we don't need the physical presence. It was very interesting to find ways to show that we're there for each other while just hopping on a, on a call or hopping on a video chat or something. So that was definitely something that, that I learned at least that I don't, I don't have to be physically present all the time. And that's, and that's okay. And I can take steps to make other people happy. It's as simple as a phone call. It really is. Next up is Sam Stocker, a customer support specialist here in Intercom. Sam shares how lockdown allowed them to learn and explore more about their journey and the community around them. I have learned quite a lot about myself and my community while being out while in. I would have to say for myself, actually, I've had a lot of time to explore my gender expression. It's something that I've struggled with for a long time. And actually, that that little bout of loneliness and, and being able to experiment at home has really helped me, I, I would say, come out and, and really realize that I'm very comfortable with they, them pronouns, they and she, or really expressing myself as uh, someone who is genderqueer instead of just somewhere on the binary. But as far as our community, our community is resilient. I, I've definitely learned resiliency is, is number one here. Uh, when we couldn't be out, everyone came in and started these platforms online, help centers and chat rooms and you name it. It's out there for us to, to be in while we can't be out. Finding or digging deeper into my gender was really something that I had wanted to explore for a long time. And being in during this, this period of, of quarantine really helped me do that because I was able to actually research more. So really utilizing the internet, watching people do demos on things like binding uh, your chest or dressing for your body shape. Unfortunately, I, I'm short and, and have a very curvish figure, so it's hard to wear more masculine clothing when my body's like, mm, no. <laughs> but um, definitely experimenting with that, you know, trying new clothes, buying from places like Old Navy. They're actually getting really better about having gender-neutral clothes, which is nice. Um, so really experimenting, doing research, and finding 
people online who had the same feelings that I did, explaining the same things that were going through my head that I'd never really told anybody. So being able just to have that quiet time to sit, reflect, and test these new feelings really, really helped me. It really helped figure out that I'm okay to be who I am. And I am comfortable saying I'm genderqueer and I'm more masculine than I am feminine. And some days that changes and some days it doesn't and that's okay. Knowing that I had that time to do all that research about this really made me feel like I had like I had a plan. I had everything written out. I had the keywords and the code words and I was ready to show the, uh, I guess you can say the proof that I, I knew what I was talking about. I finally found who I was and I was ready to show the world and my family and friends that, you know, I finally found that little niche where I belong. So definitely doing that, that research really helped prepare me for not only what I wanted to say, but maybe how people would respond. You know, a lot of people share their experiences of coming out, whether it be regarding their sexuality or their gender expression or whatever, and how people react to that and how they take it and how they build from it. So really knowing I had very accepting people in my life, just in general, I wasn't scared that I would be rejected. You know, I knew that it was going to be okay, but I still had that backup of here's everything I've learned and here's everything that makes me feel good. And they ran with it. Over now to Leanne Hart, one of our managers of customer support here in Dublin. She tells us of the sheer joy and elation that she felt the day that Ireland voted yes to marriage equality. It's a lovely snapshot of the celebrations that followed a landmark moment for LGBTI plus rights. My favourite memory of being out as part of my community was the marriage equality referendum in 2015 in Dublin Castle with the whole world, it felt like, uh, all of my friends and my family. And I think a lot of people will probably who were there will probably use this as a, as a good example of you know, a wonderful moment of being out. It was just so special, you know. It felt like everybody in Dublin that day was queer. It felt like everybody was supportive. It felt like Ireland was embracing us. And it was just a really special thing. I think we weren't actually supposed to go to, to Dublin Castle that day, right? So myself and my wife actually canvassed in the run-up to the referendum. And on the morning, we got tickets to go to the RDS to, to the count. Uh, so we were up really early. It was really stressful and very nerve-wracking. So we went along to that. Obviously, 20 minutes in, found out that like it was pretty emphatic yes. So that was like truly wonderful. And then we went to brunch and had a little celebratory drink. And we went home then and decided to just chill for the afternoon. And we turned on the telly and I saw what was happening at Dublin Castle. And we were like, oh my God, we need to get in. We need to go. So we jumped in a taxi. I think we were probably the last two people who were like let in, which was wild. So lucky, so, so lucky. And when we got in, it was just like the most wonderful thing I've ever been part of. I still think about it and get chills, you know. It was just everybody, all happy, colorful flags, uh, singing A Whole New World from Aladdin at the top of our lungs. And every time, you know, there was a big, massive map of Ireland on the screen And every time a new county would go green, like it was just joyous, you know. But the best part, the thing that always stands out to me the most about that day was 
as we were walking into Dublin Castle, there was this child hanging out of the railings with a rainbow flag wrapped around them. And they must have been, they couldn't have been more than seven, right? And I knew I was gay when I was seven. That was when I first realized it. And I felt nothing but shame and fear and anxiety when I felt like I could never be myself. But when I saw that child, I just felt like, wow, like children, it's going to be different for them now. You know, the fact that Ireland have said yes, the fact that Ireland have embraced us so emphatically that this will always be something that parents think about for their kids now, you know, and that just, it was just an incredible moment that I never forget. And I always talk about. Um, So definitely my favorite, my favorite day, my favorite day and moment. It was very special. It was like, you know, the taxi drivers beeping the horns and I don't know, it just felt like everybody loved, everybody was gay and everyone loved us all. It was fantastic. (laughs) We'll hear next from Shona O'Brien, a customer support specialist here in Intercom. Shona shares her memories of being out-out and the delightful solidarity and spontaneous fun that that entails. One of the most, I'm going to say most joyous or like celebratory memories from a night out, out with my friends, they often usually are filled with nights of like last minute plans, just like the last shit and like a last hour or two of work, get a text being like, here, I'm finished work, do you want to meet up for a pint in town? Just a quick casual thing, get a pint, that pint turned into two or three pints and then we end up in the George dancing away, often filled with like drunken like, I love you, like you're my best friend, those corny sort of chats and then kind of like skipping off into like Charlie's or McDonald's to get some food afterwards and just kind of like reminiscing that like, oh, like I have these awesome group people in my life, that kind of um, reflection and just what's the word I'm looking for? Like appreciation for the people you have in your life. Not that I don't do it like while we're all locked in, but it's just, I think it's a funnier slash like fun way of reflecting on that when you're all drunk and telling each other that you love each other and like this is a favourite thing about you or like giving your friend a pep talk if they're crying in the bathroom. I've often had random girls who are crying over fellas in the bathroom and I'm like why do you care what he thinks you are a queen you deserve better like when you get out there ignore him go to the dance floor with your girls dance your butts off get yourself a drink chill out you're cool you're great like you're gonna do amazing in life all this like giving random strangers pep talks in the bathroom they turn like into these like random memories that like will probably stay in my head for the rest of my life job I'm gonna tell like my kids of and they'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> it's not just in Ireland, it's everywhere I've been. I've been in like Liverpool for like out, out weekends, let's say, and like meeting random strangers in the bathroom and I'm like, why is crying? Like, wipe your, wipe your tears. You're cool. Like, you're, you're, you're great. Like, get back out there, hit the dance floor, have fun, jump in. But definitely like the spontaneity and just the randomness of some things that happen on these nights out that you kind of just reflect and you're like, I miss that. Like, I can't wait to have that again. That's the kind of memories I can't wait to reenact or relive, if I could say, in the not so distant future. Finally then, it's story time with Jess Connor. She's a principal technical program manager at Intercom whose episode featured this gorgeous tale of a night out, out and well spent with friends. Story time. 
my favorite out out memory. So it's the summer of June 2019 and it's the summer solstice and I am at body and soul and I'm there with two of my very best friends. And I bumped into a friend and she said, oh, the queers will be in the forest at midnight tonight. And I was like, cool, it's so nice to see you. Bye. Didn't think about it again. Just off we went in a merry way. And we have, I joked earlier that I get called a glitter queer. I had like glitter that started on my eyes, worked across the side of my head and up into my undercut. And I had a ball gown on. And so I'm like in a field, right? And I'm like dressed like I'm some kind of, pixie slash princess and I'm having the time of my life and I'm with my two best friends and it's the height of the summer and it's incredible and we go to a couple of gigs and we get some food and we're just having we're just like living your best life having a great time and so the day transpires and we get to the evening time and we happen to be walking through the forest and I see that friend again and she says the queers are over here. And I'm like, okay. So I said to my two friends, I was like, do you want to go over? We'll go over and see what's happening. And so we go into this clearing and it's this big, beautiful stage just made out of wood, like literally made out of trees. Like this two sides of the stage were trees and there was branches over the top. There's these four women on stage who are like kind of wearing suits. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like what's this? And we're, you know, we're taking it easy. We're between kind of events or whatever. And slowly but surely, the audience starts to fill with other clearly queer identified people. And it's like approaching midnight. It's called Midnight in the Forest, which I didn't realize was the thing because I was just wandering around a festival in my ball gown with my glitter. And the band starts playing and it's the height of summer, right? I keep mentioning it's the salsa. So it's like midnight, but it's still pretty bright. And the band is just incredible and it's open air and it's warm you know that moment when you can feel the music on your chest and in your body and I'd never heard this music before and usually when I see a live gig my favorite thing is to hear songs that I know right because they bring you through that memory path that you have but the entire every single chord every single lyric I am hooked my friends are hooked we're surrounded in the middle of a forest in the middle of the night in the middle of the year and that is completely unexpected unplanned bar my friend just being like hey there's a thing in the forest had no idea And Pillow Queens have a song called I Won't Worry About the Gay Girls. And the entire audience just sings, I won't worry about the gay. I can't sing, so I'm not going to do it. And it's just, I was just like, what is happening? I am in a forest, in a ball gown, surrounded by a bunch of queer people chanting back to this incredible band. Like It was otherworldly. It was completely transformative. It was it didn't feel like an experience I would have ever in Ireland, which I don't know. I hadn't been to festivals in a decade, so I've, I've just been missing out, I think. But like, it was truly joyful and celebratory and wonderfully silly and complete happenstance and unplanned. And just, it felt so meant to be. And I did not miss another Pillow Queens gig for like the rest of the year until basically we, we went into lockdown. I effectively went to every single one of their gigs in Dublin anyway. No, I even went as far as Trim. <laughs> so it was, that was just like, I was there with my best friend who's a lesbian. Uh, I was just, you know, I was doing the glitter queer thing where I got completely dressed up. I was, it wasn't a plan. Like we were so laid back and it was just one of those 
moments in your life where everything comes together. Like you have the right energy. You were in the right place at the right time. The weather was good. The music was good. The people were good. And it was just, it was a little bit of magic. And it's still, it changed. I, I started going to festivals after that. I went to Electric Picnic. I signed up to go to Van Festival, Fantasy Festival. I can't say it properly. So yeah, that was, that was like one of just the most joyous, incredible, celebratory what is even happening with my life? How lucky am I? We hope you enjoyed these stories as much as we enjoyed hearing and producing them. We'll be back to our regular programming next week. But until then, happy Pride from all of us at Intercom. <laughs>